Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I've got a got a new thing I'm gonna do. Oh yeah, the Elite versus CM Punk confirmed. What? Wow, what a fresh take! Look, what happened is we've just been talking five minutes. We did the first five minutes of this show on time to nobody. Yeah, it turns and then Tempest just walked in and said, "You're not live." Yeah, it turns out that YouTube said that they pushed us live, but actually hadn't pushed us live. So we're definitely live now. People can see us. Yep. Great. There we go. Uh, right. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with whether you think CM Punk is going to work with those no good layabout pissants, the elite, and send in your Omega chats to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Unfortunately, you missed loads of lovely, heartwarming chat about it's about how it's not just AEW Dynamite's 200th episode, but we've done a fair few of these as well. It feels like a milestone for us. This will be our 200th review episode of AEW Dynamite. Not done all of them no. together. Um, I'd probably wait about 180 episodes you and yeah. I have done together. Yeah. But still, this is this is our show. Not bad over for almost four years. Um, but yeah, we've we've already been nostalgic over that. So mm-hmm. that moment's passed. Thank you, YouTube. Uh, so this segment began with the Elite versus Team TNA. Yeah, Luke is best mates with Jeff Jarrett now. Yeah, you know, I, I had a little chat with Jeff Jarrett. That's going to be going out tomorrow here on the Restop Podcast channel at 3 p.m. Mm. UK time. Um, we chat for 32 minutes. We talked about All In. We talked about his excitement for All In. Uh, talked about this match with the Elite and kind of like the, the exciting thing mm-hmm. about AEW is matches like the Elite versus Team TNA. He even for asked... You. Well, no, he was talking about like, yeah, even on paper, this seems like a really good thing to do. Right. And he was talking he, about. He, he said booking him against Kenny Omega was yeah, exactly, uh, one of the yeah. great things about well, it. And <laughs> also, yeah. And also, it was like, you know, what, what happens when Kenny Omega's in the ring with Sat Damn Singh? Mm. Like, they go, like, you know, that's a really. And, he, and then put that over as like, this was the really cool thing about our group. And then started putting over his own group. Great. He then asked me, because I asked him, like, have you got a team name? And if it's, and why isn't it Team TNA? And he then said to me, was like, what do you guys call us? I said, we call you Team TNA because yeah. <laughs> it's you, Son, J, and J. And um, it, it felt like every time I brought up TNA, he was trying to move on to, <laughs> to move us back towards AEW. Yeah, yeah to move back. But um, apparently he said, oh, there's um, people have names for us behind the scenes. And really goes, yeah. When we walk past, people go like, oh, here comes heat. There goes heat. 
Heat. Heat is what. You Baron... just do a bit of a Jeff Jarrett inflection twang. That, that is that is how he said. He goes there. Goes heat. Here comes heat. <laughs> Heat. Heat. Because... Because he's fallen out with everyone already. <laughs> that's because whenever Team TNA are on screen, they bring genuine mm, crowd mm. heat with them. Because how many more times have Team TNA got to be booked on an AEW show, go out there and be the best thing on the AEW show before people realize they might be one of the best things about an AEW show. And when you book them against the Elise, you might start to think to yourself, Maybe Tony Khan is a no-blinking genius, and he just knows. He wrote down on paper the Elite versus Team TNA and thought, brilliant, that's an easy win for the Elite to put them over because they're going to be re-signing brand new contracts. B, I can tease uh, Kenny Omega hitting the one-winged angel on Satnam Singh <laughs> and C, it'll be hilarious. Uh, yeah, so when I saw this matchup on paper, I was like, well, bloody fun match, definitely. And it was a bloody fun match. Wouldn't have done it on the 200th episode. Why not? I, I just feel like that uh, you'd want something bigger for the elite, particularly after this the is, blood and gut stuff. This is a big thing for <laughs> them. This is a, 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 in terms of obviously, getting to face Jeff. Yeah, and Satnam Singh, he's literally big, and it's it's a it's an easy way to put them on TV and get them a win and announce that they've re-signed their contracts on the 200th episode, uh -huh. no less. Uh, and what was the other point I was going to make? I would argue. Aussie Open versus Vikingo and Commander is probably less welcome on this show than this match. Is. Yeah, I think an ROH match accidentally yeah. happened. Yeah, my, my feed cut into uh, Ring of Honor for a bit. Uh, yeah, I just um, you know we're we're two weeks removed from Blood and Guts now. I'm not I'm not down. I love this episode. I think uh, I'm really happy the Elite have resigned, but there's no storyline direction currently. I would have liked them to have gone headfirst into something new, but currently. They feel directionless. That's the major criticism about most of AEW right now. We're three weeks out, I think. Four weeks out. Three shows, though, right? Uh, is it three? three Wednesdays. Yeah, is it three Wednesdays? Because that was the show we just had was the fourth, I Oh, believe. I think you might be right, actually. From All In, and I've only got one match properly announced. It is the main event. Oh, I, I, maybe it won't go on last. Uh, it's it's no, certainly it's, the world title it is, match. It is four shows. They've got four <clears> more Dynamites left. Okay. There's four more dynamites and four more collisions left. No, they've got three more. One, two, three, four. Then yeah, that last one's after it, isn't it? Oh, I'm looking at. Uh, that's the wrong week. I'm looking at the All Out week. There's mm. four weeks. There's four more shows until. Uh, anyway, All I don't want to get bogged down in that. Um, the this to me was really yeah. It was just a bit of filler, an easy win for for the elite because afterwards they announced we've resigned. It was broken earlier in the day. Reportedly, this was a deal agreed weeks ago. Which is why they would have announced this match, because it's the win, mm -hmm. and did the contract now But they wanted to save it for not just a 200th episode, a milestone episode, but at a time where, I mean, certainly over here in the UK, AEW's just suddenly started appearing everywhere this week. Everywhere. It's every tube stop I go to, there's a poster for All In. It's great! Yeah, it's on buses uh, going around London. It's on the... It was on the BBC News. Yeah, you said. Mm. And it's uh, it's on, you know, the back page of uh, the Metro with the free newspaper you pick up when you're on the tube. Yeah. It's everywhere at the moment. You, I can't move for Soraya's face. Yeah, it's all Soraya, bro. all Soraya and Sting just staring <laughs> back at me wherever I go around London. Remember these people? <laughs> They're the Trojan horse of yeah, AEW yeah. come in and we'll, we'll I will give you Grado yeah <laughs> uh, so what was really good so Hangman Page also got involved in the Team TNA thing the loads of overbooked oh, fun so at the end fun. Uh, 
with also the Hardy Boys because they're kind of feuding. They're feuding with Team TNA currently, but just all the interference. And yeah, then just, just so, so hmm. we can, just so we can go over. This is the finish of the match. So. I wrote this here. Uh, Satnam Singh knocks them all out and Team TNA do the elite post. This match is awesome. Uh, and then like, you know, working over Nick Jackson during the uh, commercial break. Here's the finish. Omega tries to hit Satnam Singh with the one-winged angel. Karen distracts the referee. Sanjay Duck gets in and stops him. Brandon Cutler sprays cold spray at Karen. The Hardy Boys run down and brawl with Sanjay. Twist of fate to Sanjay. Ka- uh, Jarrett tries to hit Kenny with a guitar, but Paige, Hangman Paige, who's not in the match, gives Jeff Jarrett the buckshot lariat. Jay Lethal swings the guitar and misses. One winged age to Jay Lethal, and the Elite win. Awesome. While playing the guitar. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, also, Sanjay's sell off of that twist of fate was beautiful. Yeah. Afterwards, Hangman gets the mic and he says, as you might have seen, we've all re-signed with AEW. We're looking forward to the next 200, which is nice. Uh, so I guess four-year contracts. Well, that's uh, what the Fightful Report was mm-hmm. as well. It's uh, at least four years. Uh, I could have worked that out, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> he said 200. Get some sources. <laughs> uh, and then Kenny got the mic, and this is the crux of the whole thing. And really, like... I didn't know I wanted to hear this so much. It's like when they announced Chicago for the venue for Double or Nothing, or no, the first collision. Mm. And it was like, oh, oh, now I can start to move on a bit more. This felt like one of those moments for me as an AEW fan. I do love AEW. Uh, Kenny Omega says, Tell that to your reviews. You'll see me on, you'll see us on Dynamite, you'll see us on Rampage, you'll see us on Ring of Honor. Heck. Even Collision. He knew what he was doing when mm. he said that. And that was... In the same way that Punk knew what he was doing when he was on that episode of Dynamite and says, look, I know I'm supposed to be a Collision guy. Yeah. And that to me, you know, it could just be them going, okay, well, the Bucks are going to fight FTR or all in. That's one of the rumoured directions. Maybe Punk's not involved in any of this at all. But just the fact that the Elite have decided to stay with AEW after everything that's happened over the last almost year, and Punk's on this other show, and they're starting to make allusions towards each other. I've said in my review that when Tony bought Ring of Honor and announced that before Double or Nothing, I want to say, 2022 last year, I felt something. And I was like, oh. And it was the first time I felt it for AEW. I Looking back, I I can trace that as the start of all their problems. Diluting the on-screen product and distracting management too much and they don't deal with personnel issues. That's my backseat theory. When Kenny said, heck, even collision, I felt like the opposite sensation, where I felt like all of those things that have been misaligned suddenly became nice again. And I really hope we can look back on this episode, this 200th milestone one, and go... That was the moment that started AEW on the path to full strength again. So there was the moment on Collision, and Dan and I talked about this on, on Monday's review, where Punk spray-painted the mm. X on it, and it went directly through the E. Which, you know, as we said on that episode, that's the midpoint of an X, <laughs> and that is just the midpoint of the belt. But X marks the spot. And it's, you know, you can sort of read into it. But I did have that moment of just like, ah, oh, but... What if, like, mm. you know, we are going to go down those sorts of roads and we are actually, we can work towards punk and, and the elite being not, don't have to be friendly, but at least working together. You don't have to be friends within yeah. wrestling. You just need to be able to work together. And then you had the announcement that they'd re signed. And that was another moment of like, 
that also feels like mm. that's a, a thing. The show before All In is a joint Dynamite and Collision yeah. taping because they're going to be over <laughs> in the UK on the you know for the, the show on the Sunday, so they're going to tape the episode of Collision that week, which means all of the Collision guys like Andrade, Miro, Punk, and Etiana will be in the same building for Dynamite. Mm. Maybe you could see something there. And it, yeah, you're right. So Kenny saying like we could be on Collision made me kind of go, oh there may be something here. And then you get that fightful report about the contract signing. Uh, it says, regarding the Young Bucks, we've been told there are certainly, there are, sorry, regarding the Young Bucks, we've heard that there are certainly some movements, quote, on the potential of them facing FTR in a long-awaited rematch. We've not heard about the potential of a CM Punk elite feud being broached. But that first step mm. the punks, uh, of uh, the Bucks working with FTR is, that's, that's the step. That's a first step right there. And um, Punk has all, well, to, sorry, uh, sources that who definitely aren't Punk uh, <laughs> have always said that he is willing to work with them. Yeah. It's them that are being crybabies or whatever. But to commit your the next four years of your life to AEW and knowing that Punk is going to be there as well, they must know it is an inevitability that they will work together. Particularly when wwe did want to bring them in mm. you know that's the part of this report is that there was a period of time about a couple of months ago or so wwe felt confident that they could bring the elites in uh, and then started to realize that they're going to re-sign with aew and that that confidence sort of dripped away but they did think at one point they could they could bring them in particularly omega so just to get sidetracked with a little bit of fancy booking, I was thinking later because the, the MJF Adam Cole stuff is just phenomenal right now. And I was thinking like, okay, we've got, you know, where do you go with this run of matches? It's uh, Young Bucks versus FTR all in. And you've got Cole, MJF in the main event. They stay friends. Cole, oh, he's kind of elite aligned. He's ex-Bullet Club and that stuff. The, there's, is this like Max's... <laughs> I'm not saying he becomes part of the elite, but the elite are all about friendship. This is just a, a concept Max has learned and really started to appreciate. And you've got Punk over the other side who's like, I'm the world champion. Mm. And you slowly turn him heel with well, that X. And then yeah. you've got MJF. Because I always thought, okay, you do Max versus Punk over the titles. But now with the elite in the mix as well, and Adam Cole and this friendship thing, I don't know. I feel like there's there's so many layers. It's bloodline dense. Yeah, I, I would certainly say so. I mean, we were talking about this on Monday's review. Punk is playing a really interesting character at the moment where he is a baby mm. face, but it's a proper whingy little baby face of being like... So a baby face then. <laughs> of being like, you didn't beat me, Ricky. Actually, the referees beat me and you just cheated to beat yeah. me. And it is a proper whingy little punk. <laughs> and... But he's playing it all up as a babyface. And like Dan was saying, he was trying so hard to get cheered by doing cheap pops. I was like, yeah, that's the point. Like, that's mm. the intention of this, is he is playing at being a babyface while at the same time he's doing a very slow burn. Mm. This fire burns, if you will, going into a, a full-blown heel. And perhaps they are going to tie that into Paige's promo that he cut on him back, you know, what, what kickstarted this whole thing of trying to get CM Punk out of, mm. uh, you know, I'm trying to save oh. All Elite Wrestling from CM Punk. It was a work. Is that what you're saying? Like Montreal. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all a work, brother.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's see what you all think on the Omega chats. Um, we've got Charles. I'll just do this one from Raw uh, so we don't miss it because it was missed on Tuesday. Will Campbell says, forget the moon, push Gable to Pluto. Yeah, I would do. And Jeremy Osler, Memberg. Thank you very much. So Charles Berger said, I would love to see it. It's filled to the brim with story potential. This is the elite CM Punk. Other wrestlers have done it before and have worked together over far worse things. So here's to hoping... By the way, I'm 30 now. Oh, Happy birthday, Happy Charles. Birthday. Uh, Anonymous says, now I just want to see Cole turn heel on MJF, then at some point throw quarters at him. Oh, oh that's the way to do it, though, isn't it? Mm. <clears throat> or maybe that's something Punk does. Oh, eventually. no. It needs to be a friend. Yeah. It needs to be a friend yeah, that does right. it. Also, heel Punk versus the Elite are all in. Then Punk versus Omega are all out. I'd then have Punk face MJF in 2024 to unify the titles. I don't, AW have such a complicated run of shows coming up. I do not know how to solve this scheduling issue. Yeah. All in, all out the week after. And then Arthur Ashe, I think about three weeks after that. Yeah, that's the other big show, right? Yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah. 
And we, Dave Bradshaw in the office today talked about Cole and MJF. Yes, the, that's the match that they announced <clears throat> this week. There are other matches rumored. Obviously, there's Punk and Osprey, uh, Young Bucks FTR. One of the rumors actually was RVD versus Jack Perry, but that's happening on next week's Dynamite yeah. instead. I wonder if that's a WWE thing because he's booked for WrestleMania 40, RVD. Oh, is he? Yeah, so I wonder if that's actually... You can do this, but you can't do it mm. all in, maybe. Um, so there are like a couple of other matches, but Dave Bradshaw was like... Is Adam Cole versus MJF like a really big main event for a Wembley show? Um, I was like, you filthy casual. <laughs> of course it is. It's like the best. It's it's the best story going yeah. in, in AEW at the moment. But if you were to do Punk Omega at All In, like big. You know, because I he said, like, well, you you should do it at All Out because it's a year go, since the well, yes, I suppose the thing. The thing. Woof. So in which case you just do the elite versus CMFTR mm. uh, to set up then Bucks Bucks oh. and FTR for the titles. Oh. And Kenny versus Punk in in, in, in Chicago. Um, but yeah, like because he said, "What's Kenny doing?" I said, "Well, the other rumored match was Kenny versus Takeshita." He went, eh. "But I'm like, that sounds great, and that sounds rad, particularly with the Kenny and Don Callis stuff. Like that's a really like meaty storyline mm. you could dive into." But yeah, if you want to like attract some eyeballs, certainly from a hardcore fan base, yeah. I can sell those last remaining tickets. Plenty of options. Uh, Timmy Two Dope says, "I love that throughout Max's career in AEW, we get glimpses of Face Max, depending on who he's interacting with, and I love that." Also, Swerve and AR Fox were the best thing on the show for me. What an angle oh, that, that was! Angle was awesome. Love that. Lappy Dog, did you notice the official video of RVD's debut last night? Lasts exactly four twenty. Wow. Mm. What is the point of uh, 420? How's that? I, you know, like, I I see, I I can hear the number 69 and laugh. I don't get it with 420. I get it's a weed thing, Mm. but I'm sure people will explain to me, but I I don't care to learn. I think the thing is, I think people have explained it to me. Oh, yeah. And my mind deemed it not worthy information. I don't need to remember that. No, no, I don't care. I could probably, you know, if I need to, I can tell you the voice cast of the Transformers (laughs) movie from 1986. Go. that, That I need to have. Robert Stack, Eric Idle. Like that I need to have in my in my brain. But the explanation of what 420 means, I don't need to be in there. As Dan Layton always says on here, smoking weed is not a personality. <laughs> uh, pa- neither's travel dating apps. <laughs> <laughs> travel is rarely a hobby. Power Packers 90, Memberg for 23 months. Thank you very much. As someone with ADD and similar issues, letting people in like MJF, his promo hit me hard. God damn, I'll never be able to boo him again. Well, we'll see. Oh, he'll find a way. Yeah, I mean, he has. That's not a new chant. He got people to chant for ADD a couple of months back. Yeah. People went right back to booing him. Well, I know how he can get you to boo him again. He can turn heel on ADD. And that's how, oh. and that's how Power Packers 90 will start to boo him again. Is that a new wrestler? <laughs> Just signed with. <laughs> Got him in from Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Sandbox. Everything on the show was pretty fantastic. The cooldown match before the main event was a Vikingo match, even. Uh, excited for the maybe face MJF run. Division maybe aside. Face. Oh, yeah. I can't trust him. Uh, division aside, Sheeta winning and going to All In as champ is so feel good. Great AEW tribute show, all timer. That's a, not an all timer for me, nowhere near, but. I think that's a really good summary of this episode. Yeah. It was a great AEW tribute show. Yeah. To AEW. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, this episode. Also as well, like when 
just looking at the ultra chats here and it's just something that caught my eye uh there's a few people before the stream started being like i can't believe you're not talking about the sheet mm. you spent last week talking about how AEW doesn't book its women division better and then they give you a title change and you don't lead with that on the podcast for shame how can you be you hypocrites to stand there it's the first person that's mentioned it in the ultra chats i don't think it's as big of a talking point as perhaps some people at early doors thought it might be uh also i've lived through i mean probably eight versions of this is the one well this I, is the one where they turn it around thing is i don't think this is a one mm. i think this is actually just a course correction for a different reason okay well we'll get on to that um just a few oh apparently 420 was the penal code number for marijuana possession i've already forgotten that you've literally just told me i've already forgotten mm. Uh, Zach says, sending lots of love, guys. We need another season of my GM with at least three of you guys. Also, Pete needs to play Fight Forever as John Silver himself. Ah, oh, well, watch this space. Mm -hmm. We are just talking about that behind the scenes. Homer Star Fan 13. Hey, guys, I put my ticket for all in last week and I can't wait. It will be my first time going to see a televised wrestling event. And I'm so excited that I will get to see Adam Cole versus MJF live. I suddenly realized um, as I was, uh, you know, I took a little video of uh, passing one of the all in posters at London mm. Bridge to, to post on my Instagram. Uh, go and follow me on Instagram. And um, Have you, is this a new thing? Um, yeah, I'm trying to move away from Twitter and stuff. Right. And what's? Uh, oh, you mean X? No, I mean Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, maybe I'll try and uh, I'll make Instagram a new home for me. Uh, and uh, it's, it's hilarious. There's a lot like Facebook. All my family are on there. So <laughs> <laughs> all my family started following me. So that's a bit weird. But uh, I was, because I took this little video of it. And then I thought to myself, oh, this will be my first wrestling show since the pandemic. Because I know you've, oh, done, yeah, like, yeah. you've done like yeah. Riot Cabaret yeah. and stuff. But I haven't been to any of those shows. This will be my first wrestling show since the pandemic. So three years. Yeah. Three and a bit years. Three and a bit years. Uh, the No Fans Monday, I guess, which is a would very been, different vibe. Very different vibe would have been my last wrestling show. I mean, it'll be my first pay-per-view ever. Yep, mine too. Which I'm really excited. First major pay-per-view, I suppose. Um, on the Instagram thing. Yes, mate. Uh, just behind the scenes, Luke yesterday was asking Dan, how do I do a... <laughs> what a story or i was trying to add something asking. to a story and i couldn't work it out and it's because i was trying to do it on the desktop version and you can't do it through the desktop version. Mm. you have to do it on the app version and i, I saw that oh luke's trying to do something whatever moved on and then honestly last night i get into bed and my partner says luke owen just followed me on instagram <laughs> <laughs> so you really are like yeah and now you've said that that makes so much sense yeah and it was, it was funny. You just migrated. I'm just literally just migrating my life across to a different thing instead. Poor Elon. Uh, we've had two more chats on the main subject, so I'll do those. I'm just Marcus says, so Elite versus Punk seems to be possible, and I am excited for that. I'm loving the MJF and Cole story. But can we talk about how RVD is faster at 51 <laughs> than I am having just turned 30? Did you see that chair, Dodge? Did you see him walk to the ring, though? Yeah, it was very Kurt Angle-esque, wasn't it? But then... But then, but then something happens. Unlike Kurt Angle, something happens. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe RVD is just really chilled out. And that's his new chilled out walk. Uh, Bonesaw Buck 823. I can see it now. Punk unifies the belts. CM FTR beat down Cole on the last dynamite of 2023. The first dynamite of 2024 is a terrifyingly serious MGF contract in hand, saying he's not just better than Punk, he's all elite. 
I need this to happen, please. So that he's re-signed with AEW. I mean, that's a, a very interesting thing that's sort of happened, certainly within the last 24 hours, going by this episode of Dynamite. I think you know, go, looking at Monday's show, everyone was kind of pegged on that it's MJF, Punker, All mm. Out. Now people sort of fancy booking is like, let's, let's stretch this out. Let's take this to 2024. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a long-term story. I mean, Punk MJF is my favorite wrestling story ever. Mm. Uh, and they've only done the first installment. And now, well, yeah, we'll run it back and the roles are reversed. The Ellen face. Keep getting in your chats, please. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show as we get on with the play-by-play review, which began with Chris Jericho and Takeshita with Don Callis in their corner versus Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. Yeah, so it's Jericho's boys uh, who I want to know if he's sticking around with uh, his faction that's named after him or if he's going across to the Don Callis family. I think tagging with the Don Callis family probably suggests that you're... Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're probably joining them, aren't you? And then Don Callis knocks out Daniel Garcia with a bat on and you see it in full view and you still decide to make the cover and then leave with the Don Callis family. Probably... But then Daddy Magic comes over. Hey, 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 you. hey are you going to turn up? What's going on here? We should have a meeting next week. A mandatory meeting. You have to be there, which is what mandatory means. Um, but it was good. Why not just say compulsory? Are they the same word? Does it mean well, the same thing? I don't know, but I, when I, whenever I say mandatory, I'm like, ah, oh, just say compulsory. <laughs> Oh, so it's a you thing. I feel compulsory is stronger. You think compulsory is a stronger word than mandatory? Yeah. I'm going to look up what the definition is. I'm pretty sure they're the same, right? That's what I was thinking. I was was trying to think, what's the difference? But So I'm going to do... Mudmother, can we get a poll? Can we find out who's a a compulsor? (laughs) Compulsory. So, okay. And who is a manda? So compulsory is an adjective required by law or a rule. Obligatory. Uh-huh. Uh mandatory is required by law or mandate compulsory. It's just it's just the same thing. So what was the other one? Um so if I didn't do obligatory, did that just loop me back around to mandatory? <laughs> it's a labyrinth. Um well, whatever. The match was fun though. Uh the finish was good. Callus kept on interfering at points, but Jericho didn't see it. And I thought, okay, they're going for the plausible deniability route. And then you, you know, you stretch this out further and further. But no, Callus definitely cheated in full view of Jericho. Jericho looked conflicted. This wasn't like a, ah, we got you, my mm. mentorees. He was conflicted and he looked agonized about the decision, but he did choose Don. Yeah. And it's the same thing when he had the, the backstage segment with uh, Daddy Magic as well. Like he did look genuinely like conflicted about mm. what he was going to do on next week's show. Credit to Sammy and uh, Danny in this match because they were over like Rover as baby faces with this crowd. Not Sammy. Yeah, but Garcia, every time he did his little hips thing. I thought even Sammy, I thought okay. the crowd were really into Sammy okay. as well. And then he knocked Takeshita's dick still with that <laughs> shooting star press to the floor. Bloody hell. Yeah, like hit him with the forearm on the way down. I like how Takeshita seems to be using, um, what does he call it? Uh, Walls of Takeshita, of course yes. it is. <laughs> That's not clever. But no, I was getting confused because I know Garcia's is the dragon tamer, which is yeah. like the lion. I was like, is it a... 
What tame? Is it a tamer? No, no it's a wolves of Takeshita. So I can see if they do do one. One of the rumors is maybe it's Jericho and Takeshita versus Omega and either Ibushi, what's happened to him, or Hangman Page are all in. Mm. So you can build to that spot of stereo walls of Takeshita and Jericho locked oh, in. That's fun. I actually would rather it be Jericho and Takeshita versus Kenny and uh, Will. So Kenny and Will having to like be on the same side. Can mm. they coexist? Oh, that's a cool idea as well. Yeah. I, so, I mean, <clears throat> are you into the idea of Jericho Will? No. No. I don't think I can't imagine anyone is. I'm happy. Like if you just look at it on paper and if you were to ask like my friends from school who don't follow wrestling now, they'd be like, oh, my God, Chris Jericho. Yeah, he, he's the only name I recognize here. They wouldn't even know Sting because WCW wasn't huge in my yeah. in my school. Uh, and then through using Jericho, Will Ospreay, home crowd of you know 80,000 potentially at Wembley, it is actually the biggest match to get Will over you can have. So on paper and in casuals' minds, I see the reasoning, but and it, I, it probably is a necessary evil. It's the right choice business-wise and future-wise, although he's not signed with your company. Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> well, that was going to be my, my counter-argument to yours of like, well, why are we using that to get over the New Japan guy? Because I think long-term you want to bring him in. I think this is a big like, look what we did for you yeah. when you're when we're in negotiations. Mm. Please choose us over the other guys. Please move to America. But yeah, Jer unfortunately, Jericho's in a position right now where I'm not interested in anything that he does. I've read, it's fine TV. Yeah, dude, I wrote exactly that in my notes. I read it's not a great story, but it's something. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, we got a Tony Khan <laughs> doing a unblinking promo. I guess Tempest was watching the next me. He was like, man, like, he just looks like a hostage. <laughs> and I said, I think it's because if he blinks, he's afraid he's going to lose his place on the teleprompter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he's just, but it reminds me a lot of when I first started doing the Rest Talk News, and you told me I wasn't allowed to blink because you said blinking looks really weird uh, if, if you're doing that while you're reading. So I I just have to like not blink during things. Did I? And I'd have oh to finish. I'd have to finish sentences and then blink so that I could those could be edited out. That sounds uh, like some kind of Vince McMahon <laughs> "Don't sneeze in my presence" rule. <laughs> Are you sure it was? Yeah. Maybe I was just trying to very clumsily get over the advice of oh man like. Don't blink because you'll lose your place. Well, that's it. That, that was my thinking of, of Tony Khan. It's like, if you blink, you might just lose where you are on the teleprompter. He introduced a tribute package to AEW. And yeah, what what a great video package. Very lovely. Some incredible memories there. Yeah. So, you know, clips of Brody in there. Mm -hmm. Cody was featured in there as well. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Jericho stuff backstage. Jack Perry comes out. He was going to have a face-to-face -face with Jerry Lynn. That was what was set up in last week's face-to-face -face with Jerry Lynn. But Lynn said he can't come down there and whoop Perry's ass because of all the screws and neck problems he's got. And that'd be child abuse. Mm -hmm. So here's RVD. I popped so hard. It's, it's Pantera. Mm -hmm. God, they, 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 he's such a little ECW mark is Tony Khan. It's like, if I'm bringing in RVD, I could bring in... I could pay Dale Oliver and bring that one in. That's my favourite RVD music. <laughs> it's not, no, this is the best RVD song because it's Walk by Pantera. And it's an awesome song. So when it came out and I was like, 
oh, this is this is one of the reasons why I think I I, I don't mind Tony Khan. Yeah. When, people, when people are always like, he's a weirdo, I'm like, yeah, but he does stupid things like this, like paying out the wazoo to get Pantera's Walk for RVD because you heard it at an ECW show in 1998. You're like, well, if I'm bringing in RVD, I've got to pay Phil Anselmo loads of money so I can get the rights to walk for a handful of shows. That's that's a great use of your time. So I, I, I don't mind it in the least because it makes a, a little ECW mark like me, it makes my nipples hard as well. So I was very excited to hear Walk by Pantera. So you popped for the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you? Because we didn't do the show last week. Uh, I sort of fancy booked off something I read online that it would be RVD. Mm-hmm. I could see he's the only real one you could use of that ECW Originals cast. What do you think? Are you excited? Very excited okay. for this. Uh, I, I'm i an RVD guy. Mm. So... When I I got into wrestling and my I made a friend at school who was also into wrestling and he had all of the VHSs. Parents bought him all the VHSs. And in that collection, he had ECW shows. So that's how I discovered ECW was sort of, you know, in the, the early 2000s, uh, the early 2000s mm. of the year. Um, and I watched them and that's how I fell in love with Raven. He became my guy because I was like, oh, he looks like me because that's how I dress. And that's how long my hair is. But the other guy I got massively into was RVD. I was like, he is the raddest dude. Mm. Part of that is Walk by Pantera, which I love. But I was like, he's the raddest dude. His match with Jerry Lynn Awesome, put him in a match with Lance Storm, that's awesome. Match with Taz, that's awesome. So he became like my guy. And then during the invasion, he was like my favorite thing yeah. in the invasion. So I'm an unapologetic RVD mark. So if he just gets an S I'm like, awesome. I'm, I will definitely watch that. I was excited when he joined TNA. Was it a great run? No. <laughs> I was excited when he returned to WWE. Was it a great run? No. He's had more bad runs than he's had good <laughs> runs, but I don't mind it. Rob Van Dam in theory. In great. theory, in Austin theory, mm. Rob Van Dam's a great idea. Um, I said my piece last week. I am 13 years over ECW <laughs> original storylines. To me, I just, as soon as it starts to happen, I just think of creative bankruptcy. <laughs> It's the taste I get in my mouth when I when I see it happening. Okay, this might actually then sway the poll because uh, TNA Hardcore Justice 2010 <laughs> is on the list. That's the TNA ECW reunion show. That's a really sad state of affairs. I think that might win the poll now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. So I'm I you know Rob Van Dam cool. I can see how people would be excited. Uh, I think this makes far more sense than a random Sabu in a different storyline. This is a way better use of, of bringing an ECW legend. Uh, for me, honestly, it has done nothing. It's done nothing for me. Jack Perry ran away after he tried to swing a chair at RVD. RVD moved really well when he was in wrestling mm-hmm. mode. And Perry ran into the crowd and put a little girl in front of him as a shield. Yeah. That was good heel tactics. Some of those rulings don't get involved with the crowd. <laughs> What about Hook? What about him? Well, he was. What do you want him to do? Well, I thought he would get revenge, yeah, as yeah. opposed to his dad's mates. Yeah, and he probably will do eventually, because Jack Perry's going to beat RVD, and then Hook can come out after that. Cool. Sheena video package against Tony Storm. A really good opportunity there for you to do Ooh. RVD's catchphrase from his WWE, his early WWE, which is oh. cool. Whatever, man. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Sheeta had a video package against Tony Storm, really good. Trent versus Mox versus Penta. Uh, last week's main event wasn't the right positioning for that. It felt weirdly like the top of the first hour. Mm-hmm. But here, top of the first hour, exactly where it should be, 
Awesome match. Loads of hardcore fun. It felt like a tribute to that era in the pandemic where the best friends were just putting on banger after banger. And they were kind of putting over that this is a match between, you know, AEW originals, you know, guys that have been here from the very start were on the very first shows that we did. So it's it's Trent from the Best Friends, it's Penta from Beach yeah. Brothers, and it's it's John Moxley. They're the, you know their first really big signing outside of you know Jericho, for example. Like when he was a, he made his debut at that Double or Nothing show. Mm. So I thought this was a really fun like idea of a triple threat to book. And then because it's a you know no rules match because it's triple threats. John Moxley gets all the plunder out, and then there's just like loads of table breaks. At one point, uh, Penta did a Canadian destroyer from the top rope through a table. Yeah. Yeah, some really good spots. Uh, yeah, the thumbtacks came out. Pile just, driver into the tanks. Yeah, and Mox cutter onto Trent into the tanks, where most of Moxley's hit the tanks mm-hmm. uh, more. Um, but Trent hit a reverse package pile driver onto. No, that isn't the finish. That was finished. just a really good near fall. Great sequence. near fall. Penta broke that one up. They started hitting each other, doing strikes and stuff. And uh, Mox hit the Kong Larry, the King Kong Larry, to take down Trent. And then he hit uh, the paradigm shift on Penta. But Trent gets back in, kicks Mox down, and steals the pin. Big win for Trent. Trent, well, Penta pinned Trent last week in the tag match. So it's kind of equals that out. Uh, actually 50-50 booking I suppose but I didn't mind it because this is really to further the BCC versus the best friends yeah. with Orange Cassidy in that mix uh, I, I actually thought Mox embraced Trent from behind <laughs> as like a show of respect it's been so confusing during all of Taz's matches <laughs> <laughs> but then two se- it took me two full seconds to go oh yeah 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 that makes way more sense <laughs> Yeah, he looks asleep on after the match. Claudio and uh, Wheelie Utah came out, but Chuck and Cassidy, disguised as security, mm-hmm. uh, attacked them. Uh, the best friend stood tall, and Chuck Taylor challenged Claudio and Mox to a parking lot brawl on Rampage. On Rampage? Yeah. Collision's going up against SummerSlam. Yeah. Why is that? I guess because that's, it should, look, it should really be on Collision, but I guess they take Rampage after this show. Yeah. I don't want to fly them out or whatever. But yeah, that should... No, not enough people are going to watch it. That's a shame. Uh, Rene's backstage with RVD. I uh, just ran, I just get TNA vibes, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> TNA hurt me so much during a certain period that it's overridden all of ECW. 2010 was a big year for you. Oh, remember. man, I was up and down. Yeah, no, nearly quit altogether <laughs> after SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, the TNA thing. We all thought January 4th, 2010 is going to be the oh, this is going to be the day that changes TNA forever. Watching Homicide try to climb out the top of a cage, <laughs> it's still good. It's still it's good. Still good. Oh, is, is that the Nasty Boys? It, it's still good. It's still uh, good. <laughs> oh, then, oh no, Scott Hall's won the tag titles. Oh no, if that didn't happen. I wouldn't have discovered ROH. It's fine. <laughs> um, so RVD says he's going to fight Jungle Boy next week for the FTW title said he's won so many belts in the past and I've just retired them. It's true, go look it up. It's quite fun. <laughs> but he said he might stick around if he's having enough fun. Yeah, so I don't think he's not signed a deal with them yeah. or anything. And as I said, like he's advertised as part of the WrestleMania 40 packages, like a VIP experience mm-hmm. you know, in Philadelphia. So he's I'm probably under a WWE Legends contract for some, to, yeah. some, to some extent. Uh, after that, we had a cracking segment. MJF came out big grin and this was his full-on i am a blue-eyed baby face 
slight caveat, also a scumbag promo. Yeah. And it's it's hard. <clears throat> Righteous Reg was talking about this on uh, on uh, the old Twitter machine of just it's X on the old Twitter machine of it's I I can't quite mm. believe it just yet. Like it's it's one thing for Max to do these very earnest promos and say these very earnest things and say them earnestly before I'm like, oh, you're a baby. I still don't think he's a baby face. That's kind of the brilliant yeah. this. I still don't, despite everything he's doing, I'm just waiting for him to stab someone in the back. He's laying it on so thick. But I think that is okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because, I'm not saying it's bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, same. Um, but just from a character perspective, he has, re- he has something happened on the Saturday collision where he opened his heart up fully. And now he's seen the sort of scumbaggery of his ways before. He's still a scumbag. You know, that won't change. But he appreciates that other people can be let in and they won't betray him. Friendship is a thing. So he's laying it on thick because it's like a kid who's just discovered a whole new thing. It's his latest fad. Yeah, he's got. he's found his new pogs. Mm. I'm going to get all the pogs. And because of that, it does feel like it could be a fad and he could go back yeah so yeah. it's a wonderful tension it is because like everything he was saying in this was so like lovely and he was sort of about you know opening himself up and you mm. know when, you know it's being vulnerable is, is sort of seen as this weakness and he said uh, being a scumbag is easy what being being hard it's being vulnerable like that's a difficult thing to do and it said, if I, w- I was afraid that if I was Max, mm. you would boo me. It's just a really like, and it's thing, and it even did <coughs> each and every single one of yeah. you, like shot of the crowd all going mad for him. He said, you do care about Max. I'm not going to change overnight, mm. but I'm still a scumbag, but I can be your scumbag. I, I don't know why I'm so fixated on TNA right now. But it really we just watched three papers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk extra, and it really reminded me of Mr. Anderson in TNA. Mm-hmm. I'm an asshole, but everyone loved that, you know, because you're our asshole. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Uh, One person in the entire world <laughs> has got like I've got really positive memories of Mr. Anderson in TNA. Kenneth and Dan liked him too. <laughs> there's two people. Okay, there's two people in this whole planet. Oh, actually, three. Probably Mr. Anderson. Uh, he talked. To, he brought up the sort of villain origin story again about um, the the friends and the the jocks essentially throwing quarters at him and saying awful things about his uh, Judaism. And he said that you know made him put up walls and he wouldn't trust anybody else. And, and in so doing, he became a scumbag himself. Uh, he said making the crowd to eat him uh, hate him is easy, which is kind of I took that as a meta commentary on how some people like to be heels because it's far easier to get booed than it is to get yeah. an audience to cheer you. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And then we got a, he's a, he's our scumbag chan. Max calls out Adam Cole as his best friend. And all through this, you're like, who's going to turn on who? And Cole said, he's impressed at the man that MJF is becoming. He was a jerk for years too, you know, referencing his heel run. Uh, so proud of him. And then Max brings up the title shot and says, I've been thinking long and hard. I don't deserve a title match. I was just like, that floored me. I was like, whoa, what? Where is this going? And the crowd were like, no, no, not now. Yeah, and Cole's selling of that was really good as well, but it was a ruse. Max said, well, a nice ruse. You deserve the match. 
all in, 80,000 people, Wembley. Yeah. Here's the contract. Cole was overwhelmed and they just hugged each other. And like off mic, Max was like, I'm going to beat you. I'm the better man. But it was like friendly joshing. So MJF has taken a can they coexist storyline, a trope that always ends in the same predictable way, flipped it on its head and given us one of the more emotionally investing AEW stories of in years. I, d I don't know what's going to happen at Wembley now. I really don't know. Like I presume Max is going to retain, mm. but it's what the character work that's going to be within that. I think that intrigues me the most in this, you know, how is Max going to be when Adam, because the last time these two went toe to toe, Cole was on the verge of winning before the time limit expired. What happens if he gets again? And he's just like, you're trying to take this away mm. from me. We saw what happened just a handful of weeks ago when yeah. he ha handed the belt to him, but he looked at it for a bit too long and Max sort of freaked out. I, I'm so stoked for this. I think it's going to be a, and I'm, hopefully it is the main event. And I think it has earned its spot as the main mm. event of the show as well. Do you think this was the plan? <sighs> I honestly don't know. Mm. I I respect them either way. Yeah. Either they planned it all out and it's gone perfectly, or they changed direction because it was getting so organically over. Yeah. There's part of me that thinks that this was always the plan because every week of those sort of, you know, behind the scenes video promos thing they were doing, they were referencing things like, oh, I was planning on turning on you. Yeah, mm. I was planning on turning you. You know, even from day one of this, when they were, uh, Max was trying to be friends with him, he was like, look, I'm going to do this tournament, but then I'm going to turn on him so I can get my title shot, like saying it's a Roddy. So I don't know. I'd be very interested to find out, though. Uh, we had the antagonistic force, because it won't be these two. The tension seems to be coming from Roderick Strong, jilted Rod Roderick lover. Roderick Strop. Roderick <laughs> Strop with his neck brush. Uh, he was trashing a backstage area. I, had a bit, I poked a bit of fun at Raquel Rodriguez on the Royal Podcast for being a terrible actor uh, when she was, uh, was trying to sell the fact that her leg was hurt. And she was awful in, the, in a backstage segment. Roderick Strong, bless him, he's not an actor. Oh, I didn't mind this. No, I, I was like, you're over-egging this pudding, something fierce, mate. The kingdom came in and was like, hey, that's bad, isn't it? He's a dick. Yeah, he's a dick because he turned his back on us as well. Mm. Um, right? it's, you know, it's, it's kind of... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's one of those brilliant things about uh, AEW. They just, you know, apropos of nothing, put Matt Haven and Mike <laughs> Bennett on TV. And if you're watching this and you don't know, <laughs> if you're, not even if you're watching the current Ring of Honor product, you're not watching the old Ring of Honor product when it wasn't really on TV yeah. much. 2014. With no introductions, we're just like, yeah, there's Matt Taven and, and Mike Bennett. That's the kingdom. And then it's like, yeah, remember when he did that to us? Like, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they'll probably be the the tag team foils for the next couple of weeks to build the match. Should we get to get the kingdom on TV. Yeah. Uh, then we had the elite team TNA segment. We've spoken about that. It started with Jeff and Kenny, so they knew what they were doing. Excellent Mogul Affiliates video package where it was initially like a promo bit, but then it cut to them with a camera going to the Nick Wayne Academy, Buddy Wayne's training. And nope, got that the wrong way around. The Buddy Wayne Academy. They went in there, Nick Wayne's training, and they beat the crap out of Nick Wayne. He does a blade job all in one take. Mm -hmm. Felt like an art house European film of how that they would film an action scene. Uh, they took out some more trainees and then just like, they were really intensely violent. Scary. Mm. Genuinely scary. Yeah. There was a, um, uh, I think it was uh, Miss Kate Fabe from Fightful. 
um, sort of screen cap, like honestly, this looks like a, a scene from CSI, mm. like or like you know Law and Order or something, because this did look like a crime scene. The amount that Nick Wayne was bleeding mm. Christmas Day, like, it was it was nuts. Also, like 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 Swerve opened this thing by saying like. Look, I've actually never been here, but because Nick kept putting all those videos on TV, I found out where it was. Like, you know, he doxed himself and uh, I now yeah, know where yeah. the Wayne Academy is. And he goes in there and like they just beat these dudes up, beat the absolute piss out of them, then call Darby Allen, like force Nick Wayne to call Darby Allen so he could tell him what they've done. Oh man, I thought this was great. Uh AR Fox chucked a skateboard, Darby's skateboard through the window. They'd smashed a photo frame on Nick Wayne's head, which had the picture of him and Buddy, his father. Yeah, great stuff. Great performances, great direction and filming. And yeah, really excited to see what happens next. What, they're going to get heat with Christian Cage is what they're going to do. It's <laughs> like, that's Dead Dads is my turf. Uh, we got Aussie Open versus Vikingo and Commander. Uh, it was an ROH tag title defense. It was a bit sloppy because the styles didn't fully weave together. But it was still crazy athletic and a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I particularly enjoyed, speaking of like, you know, timing, there was a spot to go into the ad break where Commander and Vikingo did double dives mm. and, you know, hit them at the same time. And at the same time of landing, Fletcher and Davis caught them and then at the same time ran them round the ring to collide perfectly in the <laughs> center of the ring. The timing it takes to get that right, to get one of those spots right, but to get mm. all three of them right was really impressive. There was also both luchadors did a double rope walk and then a double moonsault to the outside at exactly the same yeah. time. Incredible double stuff. Double 450, uh, the, yeah. the step off Mark Davis's shoulders to, uh, to hit a Canadian destroyer on Fletcher. It's great to see Aussie Open. Yeah. Um, wrestling on TV since they've been signed. Obviously, Davis has been injured, mm -hmm. so just great to have them to have them around. And the main event, maybe something we should have led with. Who knows? Was Sheeda versus Tony Storm? And when it got the main event spot, I was like, okay, you know, last week there was the book the women's division better sign shown in the crowd. The week before that, there was a lot of criticism about just Brit getting a squash match in a War and uh, Blood and Cuts episode. So okay, yep. That's fine. And this will be a banging match. Sheeta, Tony, Storm, love them together. And I'm particularly for the 200th episode of Dynamite, the the only two-time women's champion versus the longest reigning women's champion. Mm. You know, like if you were to try and say that to a, a casual fan, that seems like, a, oh, yeah. this must be a really big deal type matchup. So it, it totally makes sense from that aspect. Honestly, it being in the main event, I was like, oh, Jamie Hayes coming back. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I didn't see what. No, no, what happening no. happening though it was a decent match you know I, I i bet they've got a better match in them i really like this that was you know it wasn't bad mm. it was a good main event but you know this wasn't pay-per-view caliber no excellence. i don't think it's, it's not it's not like one of storm's best matches no. in, in AEW. like and i feel like they can have that because yeah. they're both terrific i think they were going out of their way to make a point that mm. you know book the women better because they were beating the snot out of each other at certain points but the finish was well surprising and i guess well worked as well because you had uh, Ruby do the spray paint in Sheeta's face. Uh, Storm actually did the. She's oh, was it? Yeah, because um, so they'd slid the kendo stick in <clears throat> to kind of distract Sheeta. So you know, Sheeta picks up the kendo stick and Storm's offering herself up to be hit by it to get DQ'd. Instead, she takes out Soho and Soraya with the kendo stick. Yeah, but that distracts the referee enough so that Storm can spray her in the eyes with the green paint. And then you get Storm Zero, and you're like, oh my god, well that that's it. Okay, it well. fair enough. One, two, kick out. And then a few moves later, Sheeda gets a roll-up win. Your new 
two-time champion. Sheeta's crying. I mean, looking back, you can see when she makes her entrance, she's very happy. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those like, are you are you going to win this match? Yeah, they, they were really hammering home this point as well that she never got to hold the title in front of fans as well. Yeah. So really, the signs were there all along for us, but I, I honestly did not see this coming. Definitely, definitely surprising. Um, but the reason we didn't see it coming is because this is not a story that has been built at all. Uh, it comes with no sort of like larger women's division storyline when it's all there, really, you know. Sheeta was part of that this initial formation of the outcasts. She uh, was jilted. She was by jilted. Soraya when she was looking for her partner. Sure, Baker's like sort of whatever and haters injured, but Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale, they were part of that. They could have been out there with Sheeta to counteract the outcast stuff. If you had all of those AEW originals, well not original, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. The homegrowns versus uh the outcasts there, you could give it a more climactic feel. So when Sheeta wins, it's not just like, oh, Sheeta won this random match that happened. It's like, oh, this is this feels more emotionally like a climax of a longer thing we've been going through. And now we can move on to the next thing. So I actually, I like that they're in the main event, sure. But this isn't booking the women's division better. This is no. like how WWE would just randomly throw in an angle at some point. I don't think it's that. Mm. I think it's actually... Hater's not going to be back in time. I think they were <clears throat> really right. hoping Hater was going to be better for All In so they could do Storm and Hater for the title. It's now become quite clear Hater is not going to be back in time, so they can't do Hater. They're like, okay, well, what we'll do then is we'll do Baker. We'll do Baker instead. And that's why they were giving Baker mm. that. Like, they kept putting over the Bakers on this winning streak. She won the squash match, then she beat Taya Valkyrie. And they're like, she's getting all of these wins back. We're going to set her up as a title contender. And then I think they were like, well, then all of the backlash that happened last week um, with all of the, the Baker stuff there. They're like, do you know what? Screw it. Let's go with a different direction then. And we'll do Sheeta versus Serrera all in. Mm. And that's we'll have that Brit going for the yeah, belt yeah. instead. I think this is less a let's do an angle to try and fix something that within the women's division that's broken. It's more a case of I want to promote a different matcher all in. In order to do that, I have to put the belt on someone different. Mm. So we'll just put the belt on Sheeta here instead. Yeah, you could very well be on the something. That, that, that's how mm. I felt. When Sheeta won, I was like, oh, Hater's not coming back and we need to change course. Yeah. Uh, well, regardless, super happy for Sheeta. Uh, but this does not address any of the concerns or frustrations I've had with the women's division. No. Overall, I gave it 86%, I think. You know, really good episode, really fun. I actually would have given this a five out of five. I mm. give it, you know, in our old school review sort of way because, I mean, there wasn't anything on the show that I didn't like. Even I, I could have probably done without the Aussie Open Commander Vikingo match and given more time to uh, Sheeda and Storm, but... It's it's not like that was a bad match. Yeah, yeah. The triple threat was great. The six man tag was great. The show was filled with variety. The opener was was mm -hmm. a really fun tag match. The backstage segments were great. RVD was there. I thought the AR Fox and Swerve thing was awesome. Like there was nothing on this show. Where I was like that I could do without. Am I into the Jericho storyline? Not really. But it's not like it's a bad story. Mm -hmm. It's just it's not one I'm emotionally invested in. I I just thought it was a really really great episode of, of Dynamite. 
For 200 more. For 200 more. Uh, we haven't got our Pledgehammer shout outs ready yet, but please do go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. I'm just going to check. So you, I believe the poll is now live Ooh, for wrestle talk extra. extra. So let's find out if I'm correct. It is live. Currently, Hardcore Justice 2010 is not winning. It's only got 12% of the vote. In fact, SummerSlam 92. The Wembley show. Oh, interesting. Has got 23% of the vote, but currently out in the lead is SummerSlam 2013 with 37% of the vote. Which one's 2013? Uh, Lesnar Punk. Oh, great. And Del Rio versus Christian for the World Heavyweight title. In ring debut of Bray Wyatt in the Ring oh. of Fire match. Um, oh, and it's cool. uh, Cena Bryan for the title with Triple H the special guest referee and the Orton Cashin wow I remember watching that I, re um, I remember the very angry phone calls that Brian Alvarez got in on the, the phone show on figure four people mm. saying I'm cancelling the network well that would be a fun one um, yeah patreon.com forward slash rest talk to get shout outs and to vote in that poll and to eventually listen to my next review of whatever wins it and loads more vote for hardcore justice mm. I want to talk about the Dudleys versus the chair-swinging freaks in a match that is so bad that Bully Ray loudly is yelling at the other two to get into position for their uh, spots. He's literally one point going like, balls, get back into the <laughs> ring. They have a lightsaber fight in that match. Hmm. And then at one point, I think Bully Ray, because it's one of those retractable lightsaber things, puts up uh, Axel Rotten's bum. Oh. Maybe you like that. <laughs> WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in your last Omega chats. Mr. Higglesby says, Ah, AEW Directionist title at their future pay-per-view. I'm super pumped for wonderful time we are for wrestling. Are we going to get a three count for All In? Lovely time with the lovely boys is always great. Yeah, we thought about doing it. We've only no. done one AEW three count before. AEW doesn't really draw at the moment for a lot of this stuff, and three count takes quite a bit of resources to make I think what they're saying there is AEW's direct directionless that's the title of their next pay-per-view oh right uh, Sock Corn Noodles hey guys I'm excited one of my favourites RVD is back but will he still be the whole effing show the half effing show or the show jump the effing shark if he can still go I can't wait I believe he can still go yeah he still wrestles indies mm -hmm. like Jericho's the same age as him yeah it's not, he's, not, he's not completely no. old. he's not that old and he's got like the, you know, the yoga and everything that he does. Yeah. He keeps himself in good shape. Graham Shaw, the main event of All In being a fight among friends is a bold choice. And I like it. Although social media pointed out the hug Cole, the hug Cole did stab Max in the back, similar to Strong in NXT. But I hope they take the betrayal as slow as possible, whoever does it. So what he's saying there is they had this a hug, mm. but rather than tapping on the back with his hand, he had his fist uh, bald and then mm. did that so as if he was ready to stab him in the back uh, which he did to Strong in NXT before he turned on him it's just a manly manly hug I was mm. uh, told in my drama classes that I used to do because I was a, a theatre kid that uh, one of the exercises we used to do to sort of like you know make sure you're comfortable with all of your co-stars was you just walk around the room and then when the teacher says now hug you just hug the nearest person to you so you're, just, you're going it's close bodily contact with all of your cast members and stuff but I was actually the only lad in my the drama class that I did. 
and my, smart guy and my teacher it didn't work out for me that way um everyone just thought i was a loser um <laughs> but my uh, my teacher was also a, a dude and when we would hug we would hit, tap each other on the back and he told me that's a man's way of i've had enough now mm. i'm tapping out of this hug women don't do that but mm. men tap out of hugs stop touching me <laughs> Uh, Chris Tornakin, Tornakian. Hello, gents. Just wanted to tell you how much I love your content. Did you all notice that when Cole hugged Max, he did a backstabbing motion with his hand? He did the same thing to Roddy in NXT before turning on him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe. Uh, Alacard, Alacard, member for 26 months. Wow. In 2023, truly cannot believe I had the thought dream match. Two masters of in ring storytelling. And it was about Omega Jarrett. And they delivered. See, Alacard, Alacard, that's <clears throat> it. I, uh, we're not talking about Generation Me versus Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> no, we're not, are we? Managed to. Uh, you mentioned this in your review, mm. but it's something that I don't think a lot of people give enough credit to. But Generation Me were the, was the Young Bucks' gimmick they were given when they were in TNA. Burned them so badly and they were paid so little mm. that they couldn't actually afford to go to the, t- the TNA shows they were booked for. They're like, oh, well, why do we need this? We'll just go and just do the stuff on our own and just do it on our own. And that's the snowball then that kind of led us to all in, or to yeah, to and then to AEW. Jeff Jarrett started it. He did start the fire. <laughs> Ryan says, "Hey guys, I have a rough pitch for the MJF and Cole storyline. After all in, what do you guys think?" So with the bidding war of 2024 fast approaching, in December, both Cole and MJF realize that MJF's contract is soon to expire, as MJF still doesn't like Tony Khan. There's a, I mean, it was off air, but MJF cut this huge babyface promo thanking Tony Khan after the episode last night. But it was, he's thanking him for making him a rich man in 2024 Mm. because the bidding war is going to make him a lot of money. Uh, He still plans to leave in 2024, but knows that he might lose his friendship with Cole because of that. So the storyline could be something along the lines of MJF being conflicted on whether to renew his deal, as well as Cole trying his hardest to persuade MJF to continue with AEW. Now, there's obviously so many ways they can tell that story, but I think it would be cool to see MJF being eventually persuaded by Cole after years of threatening to leave. It would allow for MJF to be a face and feud with potential heels that wouldn't have been possible a couple of months ago as well as a potential cold turn imagine everyone thinking mjf would turn this whole time only for it to be cold in six to nine months time it reflects how on collision by mjf being a good friend he lost the match but he chose friendship over his title and now by choosing friendship over himself it has caused him emotional heartbreak which is how mjf has made others feel for many years i mean it's all there it's mm. great it's great stuff yeah, so, but sort of MJF is already a face now, I'd say. Yeah, it, well, that's what we were talking about in the promo segment. It's weird, isn't it? Because he is, he is a baby. He's a hundred percent a face now. But it doesn't feel like it's a baby. It's because we're so, mm. it, we're so not used to seeing MJF. I mean, we've seen MJF do the baby face promos and stuff, but this is like this was a proper full. Yeah. I am a baby face now, but it's a lot of people still don't quite believe it because. There's always that part of Max that will always be Max. Riga, calling it. Cole turns heel mid-match and steals it. Oof. Max says he trusted Cole but isn't stupid. There's a rematch clause in that contract for All Out. They rematch as enemies and Max wins. Cole with the shortest reign in AEW and keeps Max face for Punk next. I think, I think keep them faces. I think have them hug after the match, honestly. 
Riga again. Feels like they'll want a huge hardcore party match for All In. I'm thinking maybe a triple tornadoes trios match with BCC, Best Friends and Death Triangle. Nine men, utter chaos. BCC gets revenge on Pack. Mox pins Cassidy and challenges for his title at All Out. Yeah, could be. That'd be good. Um, yeah, Pack's weirdly not in Death Triangle. Like, Death Triangle has kind of stopped for a little bit, yeah. Oh, tag to you. Uh, legit underboss Jimmy Thomas said, I loved how someone in the crowd yelled to Cole, you didn't even read the contract. He's a scumbag, <laughs> remember? I thought that, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like, that's that's what I was talking about with MJF and people not quite fully believing this yet. Because even when, like, you know, comments and stuff be like, what if the contract says it's not actually a title match? Mm. Like, the people just still don't believe that Max can be a babyface. <laughs> Christian J said, I wasn't going to watch this live, but I have to say, when Moxley pulled out the barbed wire 2x4, <laughs> that he had Janice in his hands, I'm sure that will pop Luke. Of course, Abyss's uh, weapon of yeah. choice. Uh, Jonathan Barube. Well, I don't know who had it first, Walking Dead or, or Abyss. Uh, oh, I would have thought. Because Negan, Negan had Janice, I believe, as his bat. Yeah. I feel it wasn't, like, wasn't I feel Janice, like though, it was, was TNA. It? I thought it was called Janice. No, Janice was a reference to, I think it's Dixie Carter's mum is called mm. Janice. And I think that's what Vince Russo named it after. Can you just Google what's the bat in Walking Dead called? What Walking Dead Neagle. is the bat in Walking Dead? Lucille. Lucille. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, and they called it Janice. Mm. Which I, I think is Dixie Carter. Yeah, I remember that story. Jonathan Barube has been a member for 20 months in a row. said, I say Cole will turn on MJF when hugging Cole had the same hand gesture like he was stabbing in the back like he did too strong. No. Jake WTW said, I could be wrong, but I don't think Cole looked over the contract before signing. I wonder if this will be his downfall, trusting his friend. Only for MJF to have a stipulation that screws him over in the end. This is a... This is what I love about this. It's like half the people are saying, oh, this is how MJF's going to screw him over. And the other half are like, this is how Cole's going to screw him over. And we're here saying, no one's going to their friends. <laughs> Chris Walker says, can't wait for all in. Finally, they've started to build. Do we think that Sheeda was given the belt to move it onto Soraya at Wembley? Mm. Also, what did MJF put in that contract that Cole signed but did not read? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they give it to Soraya at Wembley but I think having Serena in the title match makes sense she, as I said yeah. she's on every poster Ewan uh, says how long before Cole betrays MJF and reunites with the kingdom rather than the elite also given the way Summit is going what are the odds for Rain at all in oh yeah jeez I hadn't thought of that Craig I was drenched yesterday mm. going home uh, I don't I, I don't think Tony Khan will ever see the kingdom as a even a mid-card <laughs> act at this point so I don't see that happening Zoob212 said, Cole didn't look over that contract when he signed it. I wonder if there's something in there that's going to screw him over. Mm -hmm. Zahar288 said, I like getting the belt on a face because the easiest way to get an AEW division back is to put it on a match after match after match of hard-hitting defenses. You can't have a workhorse heel champion. I wonder if that's in reference mm -hmm. to the women's uh, Yeah, title. I think it is, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you're right, but we thought that was going to happen with Chris Statlander and, <laughs> you know. Andy Sandbox uh, says, always love the passion behind the content and thank you, Wrestle Talk. To touch on the state of the women's wrestling in 2023, WWE has had its own issues, but nowhere near AEW. Do you think that TK is planning something huge? All in, maybe Mercedes Monet. She's injured, right? I think she's still injured. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, if I was a betting man, I would have said that the match they wanted to do at Forbidden Door was Monet versus Hater, but both of them mm. got hurt, which is why we got the match we ended yeah. up getting. Um, 
but yeah, but like, are you right? Like, it's at the moment we are looking at both of the major companies dropping the ball. Like, you know, WWE's getting a lot of flack over the the SummerSlam uh, drops. Kenny Stevens four said, "What's the Jericho feud? Well, they want to get a wrestler in AEW in the near future. What's the build for Tony losing the title? Well, Hater is injured. This is not compelling. This is not how a compelling storyline works." Uh, I I I agree with you because like the Jericho feud and Tony Storm stuff is is not engaging but actually you can do both like compelling storytelling can come from restrained conditions where someone gets injured mm-hmm. uh yeah but i think i agree with you on the second one if my and, and it's just my theory if my theory is correct then i totally agree with you on the on the second one um and blakey said it's my birthday today i'm officially 24 my present is floor seat at collision oh. next saturday i'm unbelievably excited it's something i've always wanted to do oh, have fun uh, and Marcus Palmer, sorry, yeah, Marcellus Palmer has become a member. Marcellus, maybe. Marcellus, what did I say? Marcellus. Marcellus. Yeah. Mark. Mark Ellis. Ellis. <laughs> uh, we're going to end the poll as well, so we can get your thoughts on this. Thumbs down, one percent. Oh. Thumbs in the middle, twelve percent. Eighty-six percent with the thumbs up. That's a good show, and it was a good show. Really fun. Great good, show. good honouring of AW's tradition. Uh, well, if you haven't already, please go over and watch the rest of news. Of course, subscribe here because we've got Luke's interview with Jeff Jarrett going live tomorrow. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Owen, DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.